Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. It means that the construction workers who have been constantly working outside of every one of our apartment windows for the past three weeks are taking a 15-minute break, and we are doing our best to cram in this intro <laughs> as quickly and as efficiently as possible. That's right. Shout out to unions. By the way, there are uh, obviously there are perks to recording uh, a podcast out of your own apartment. One is the commute. Yes, it is a very short commute from us to get to our apartment. That's right. Secondly, it is it's nice for the guests because it's not your normal radio studio. Yeah, and they get to meet our doorman. That's right. Then there's the opposite, which is that there's fucking construction out here in New York City outside our windows. It sounds like there is a guy in a dentist's office getting... Uh, his bicuspid just fucking gored with a circle saw. It sounds like a full forest has been cut down and they're just running lumber through saws 24 hours a day. It sounds like a home improvement episode if the whole episode was revolving around Tim Allen's... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, guys, our apologies for uh, less than stellar audio this week. Hopefully, you guys can listen on computer speakers. Hold on. Like, why are we apologizing? This is like when Ja Rule apologized for the fire Festival. Oh, my God. You know, it's not his fault. You see he's getting sued? Uh, so it is it, it is his fault? Well, allegedly. Until the courts prove that it is that he is uh, guilty, Ja Rule is innocent. Free Ja Rule. Um, <laughs> donate to Ja Rule's legal funds at, it's at the real. com. <laughs> we will definitely send over... That's right. All $15 that you guys send us. Uh, Jeff, we have a huge announcement to make. Yes, Jamie Foxx is going to be co-starring in the upcoming Baby Driver alongside Kevin Spacey, John Hamm, Ansel Engelhort, and many others. It's coming out in late June. Do you have any other movie news? Ansel Engelhort is going to be co-starring in many other movies coming out later this year. I'm so excited for him. Big year for Ansel Engelhort. Any, any movie news concerning us yes we are putting out our album teddy bear fresh on may 26th we announced it yesterday on billboard.com you can go check that out also you can go find it on all of our social networks we are putting it out through we the best records o-u-i-t-h-e-b-e-s-t we the best yeah and it has production from our best friend greg mayo yes it has features from everybody like jazz cartier currency smoke dizza michael christmas angie martinez just, just blaze combat jack um who else are we forgetting on there bun b may 26 on all your streaming services that's spotify that's apple that is uh title that is uh, the iTunes store. I, I, where else is there? Is there? Honestly, if you want us to come and scream it in your ears, we will do that. It Teddy is Bear a... Fresh, May 26th. It's a movie. It's a movie. Shout out to us. Shout out to Empire Records, all of our partners over there. Guys, May 26th. Look forward to that. We got the music video, Waco, dropping Thursday, May 4th. 4th? 5th? What's the Thursday? I don't know. Thursday okay. the May. Thursday this week. Yeah. Look for our new single, Waco. Video directed by Rex Arrow, who directed all of our other music videos. May 26, Teddy Bear Fresh. Go stream that. And today on the podcast, Johnny Nunez. Johnny Nunez, the go-to photographer for Damon Dash, for Russell Simmons, for Jay-Z, for literally every single person within the industry. He comes uh, to six events every single night. If you've seen any picture from any concert in New York City over the last 20 years, is an extremely high possibility that Johnny Nunez was the man behind that lens. We get into this whole story today, which is fantastic. Jeff, when do you want to get into it? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Whitetail Deer Hunting Season, a.k.a. Killing the Game. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. All My Friends Are Dead, a.k.a. Kool-Aid Poppy. 
Nunez. What's up, y'all? I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Waste Time, it's the real. Johnny, what's happening? I'm just hanging with you, brothers, man. I'm just happy. I'm honored to be here. It's so funny um, that, you know, I'm in this neighborhood all the time because <laughs> I do stuff for family and yeah. school. And uh, my kids are members of Kidsville, which is on 88th in Amsterdam. Shout out to the free uh, exposure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the Bloomingdale School of Music. And yeah. Sun goes uh, the Bank Street, which is only a few blocks away from here. Right. Yo, thank God you gave like a 30 block radius so nobody uh, can like wait outside. That's of our right. Yeah. Right. The last yeah. thing that we want is all these people with mixtapes waiting Yo, outside. Yo, Shun, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, What's good? Well, you know, I do photography. That's the bread and butter right there. Right. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm co-founder of a new website called followback.com mm-hmm. to monetize your social likeness and ask certain individuals to follow you in return for money. Yeah. And that's it's the first of its kind. The technology is amazing. And we have a lot of people following a lot of people. And we pray it's going to be like the next Facebook of, of how people talk to people for business. How? Well, you want to know what? I will follow you for money. <clears throat> thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'll send you <laughs> a check you, for $20. Yeah. <laughs> just follow me. How, old, how old is the website? It, uh, this is our second year. Oh, right on. And it's like amazing. Now we've partnered with a lot of great uh, brands uh, from, from, from uh, PayPal to Grubhub to the Barclays Center to Nike to Visa, MasterCard to uh, Apple just partnered with us. Congratulations. Google. Yeah, so it's like there's just like the way soon no one's going to be calling cabs on the corner and they use Uber and soon like no one goes to hotels but just do Airbnb. People are going to like eliminate middlemen and go directly to the individual they're trying to seek. Yeah. And this this makes everyone more money and you save money and you don't have to talk to 15 you know entourage people just to speak to who you want to speak to i love speaking to entourage it's my favorite thing yeah, going redirect. through six different people just yeah. to talk to jadakus yeah and um, finally you meet jadakus yeah. so uh we had never been to south by southwest before this year we always like refused to go down there unless yes. we had like a gig to go down mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and we ran into you outside of the fader fort yeah. you are such for us a new york staple we oh, you know we see you every night at every event around new york the last place we expected you to be was austin texas yeah. But you're down there. Gotta be. You gotta be. You gotta. You gotta travel. And you. One thing about being a photographer, um, it, it's like it's the beauty of like like I was just mentioning tofu. You have to uh, become whatever element or whatever environment you are in. Uh, so I go wherever the music goes. Wherever the music goes, there goes talent. There goes fans. There goes money. Yeah. And you have to follow it. So you know, um, not only go to texas but south of france can africa uh london paris milan yeah i mean if you Ireland. have to go to any of these places you know what a bummer to go to can yeah you know it sucks no. yeah. but you know it's like that's the beauty or rather the blessing that i've had the opportunity to travel all these places with my lens you yeah know? well another place that we ran into you mm-hmm. was just uh the other day at just blaze's restaurant thanks opening. for the ride y'all yeah of yeah. course i owe you told money i owe you told money no no and uh we all rode back together to mm-hmm. Uptown, mm-hmm. and you started to tell us your story, and we were like, you have to come on the podcast oh, yeah, and say yeah. it like for our audience, because it's that compelling. Oh, really? You're, okay. you're born 
and raised in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. But, Bushwick, Greenpoint. Oh, yeah. But it's not like the gentrified Brooklyn oh, that we know no. today. Oh, it was dangerous. It was not only dangerous, you couldn't be certain races or certain religions or certain genders and walk through certain neighborhoods. Like, I lived on 183 Bayard Street, right across the street from McCarran Park, which is kind of Williamsburg. Yeah, now it's so hip now. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I'll never forget. Like, there was the black section. There was a... Hasidic Jewish section, there was the Latino section, and of course there was the Irish and Italian and Polish section. And so it was like gangs of New York, you know, you couldn't walk this way or you would totally get pummeled and beat down. You couldn't walk a certain way, you had to run through certain neighborhoods and every day it was just like you didn't know what to expect. And then when drugs came in, oh boy, that was when my dad said, it's time for us to move. So, you know, but now, thank God, things have been cleaned up and things have changed. And believe it or not, I tell friends and in, in, in debates, music channels everyone's hatreds and changes it to like love and positivity. And to where I'll never forget when they were saying that, you know, this hip hop thing will never be a rock thing and this rock thing will never. And, and I'm like, it's the same thing. It's just the, the people that pr decide to choose to listen to it or play it. That's where issues might lie. And now, 20 years later, for me as a photographer, I go to the most thugged out hip-hop parties where there might be a gun shootout, there might be uh, a murder, there might be some drugs and uh, underage young ladies, and you guys pop up. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, don't tie us into that. Yeah, I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing? Does your mom and dad know you go to strip clubs? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So, uh, but you were, you, you were adopted. Yes. And uh, your family consisted of? Black and Chinese, uh, Venezuelan, and Trinidadian, of course. My actual cousin is young child from High 97. Is that right? Yeah, so there must be an entertainment gene in our blood. Uh, shout out to young child, High 97, uh, and Power 105 and all those other stations. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, but I was adopted by a Puerto Rican family. My next door neighbors were Russian, and neighbors on the other side were Irish, and then the neighbors on top of that were Italian. So I used to see everything from, like, the seven families of... of, of, of the Italian mafia yeah. drive up certain months and pull up in limos and give each other cheek kisses on the cheek. And I used to see, you know, the most craziest things go down. Like, you know, but Bushwick Greenpoint was, was just an amazing, despite all the stuff I had to go through, Bushwick Greenpoint was, was an amazing experience. And my mom and dad who adopted me, shout out to both of them. Uh, they, they, they changed my, my life. You know, it could have been worse. It could have been anywhere else, but how many siblings did you have? They, um, we have, I have uh, one sister and three older brothers. They're all older than me. I was the last. My mom was an angel, so she adopted me. Unfortunately, she passed away when I was ten, right. which then led to my dad raising me. So I would be like, I'd be ten years old, coming home, making rice and beans, frying pork chops, making a salad, because those things my mom taught me. Yeah, and my dad come home and be like wailing and crying because. I learned these skills from my mom when she was alive. And, you know, I look back now, at the age of five or six years old, I was walking to school dangerously with another little five-year-old kid or girl holding hands. Th these days you can't do that. Right. You know, you'll totally get, you know. But even then, like, it was dangerous because, yeah. like, yeah, like, you were telling us about how, like, kids would chase you. and Oh, yeah. They would throw rocks at me. Uh, I would hear, i never forget being called a nigger. And then being called a spick, and then me asking my mom, Mom, 
with those people talking to us. And my mom be like, don't pay no mind to them. I never forget, you know, later on walking and hearing that word being called again. And out of nowhere, a rock just missed my face. A bottle. I got hit with bricks, rocks, you name it. But what was real messed up is that I was like maybe six or seven years old. And sometimes these were adults just driving by in cars and just throw rockets. Yeah, like that's the most horrifying thing to me that it was like adults. Yeah. Like because kids, yeah. like you know, yeah. kids are dumb. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was crazy. But it turns out adults are dumb too. <clears throat> and you had to learn to fight for yourself. Oh though. yeah, I used to fight. I used to run and fight. I used to snuff people and run. I do whatever I had to do to survive. So this was this was <clears throat> an everyday thing for you. And by the time your father mm-hmm. uh, sold your guy's place mm-hmm. and decided to move to, to, Long to Long Island, what'd you know about Long Island? Well, what was messed up was that my dad's like, you know, we were trying to escape from my, my, my sister married, uh, a, 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 her ex-husband was abusive. And my aunt, um, a Wilda, she lived in Brentwood, Long Island. She moved from Brooklyn. East New York, actually, to Long Island because she wanted to feel like she was back in Puerto Rico. So she had, we had pigs, chickens, ducks, whatever we can grow with land. And we felt like we were rich because we're going to Titi uh, Wilder's house. <laughs> and my dad's like, you know what? Since my sister has been trying to hide out from this man who she forgave, and, and God bless him as well, um, we all just moved. My dad sold the house and we moved to Long Island. I was really pissed off because I'm like, damn, I'm about to be 13 years old and I'm about to go to junior high school. The first day I go to East Junior High School in Brentwood, Long Island, Principal Wolf, uh, he gets shot in the face by a, a rifle-wielding crazy man and the whole school is now uh, being held hostage by this by this crazy man. You just escaped yeah, Brooklyn. all the violence yeah, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Only to go to a, a white neighborhood where a white guy with a rifle, my, my, the principal had to take his own blood and rub it all over his body and play dead as the rifleman came back to make sure he was dead and kicked him. Oh, my God. Then put all the kids in the lunchroom. It could have went down really, really bad the first day of school. But I think he was a sniper killed him. But that school, Eastern High School, I'll never forget, there was a rapper... Um, at the time, he was promoting a nightclub called Electric Avenue, MC Ugly or whatever. But that brother wound up becoming Biz Marquis. Oh, my God. Parrish Smith and Eric Sermon yeah. were a few grades above me. <laughs> EPMD was just coming out. And I was like, wow, this is not that bad, you know. Biz Marquis, EPMD. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Keith Murray, and- JVC Force, Craig Mack. Oh, my God. Craig Mack tried to beat me up one time, man. <laughs> the rapper, For Craig what? Mack. <laughs> I, think, I think I told... I think he was being endorsed by a sneaker company. I worked at a sneaker store, and there was another sneaker store in Central Islip, which is the town next door to us, and I think he was being endorsed by them. So I told my boss or something, but I didn't tell my boss like to shun him. Next thing you know, <laughs> Craig Mack just, just jumped me. Oh my I'm running backwards, like, oh, why are you jumping for, man? He said, come over here, man. Come over here. Shout out to Craig Mack. We're friends now. But uh yeah. But, but, zoom zoom zoom. But you're but you're you're 13 14. Mm-hmm. That's like the most uh amazing mm-hmm. time to take in, you know, music yeah, and culture yeah, and yeah. you're right in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. And these yeah, guys yeah. are legends. Mm-hmm. What you what you think back then? Man, you know, I, I just felt were you like there's something about these guys or this Yeah, yeah. I knew they doing? were I mean, they were already actually big, but it was cool to know that I listened to their music and we're still in we're still in junior high school, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, later on, when I found out Rakim was from Wine Dance, 
uh, Buster Rhymes was from uh, Hempstead, I think. Yeah. Leaders of News. Public School, Enemy. Public Enemy. Oh my it God. was almost like, wow, JVC Force, Keith Murray. Um, shout yeah, Long to, Island was popping for a second. Who yeah, knew? It was like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> man. You know, I'm like, well, you know what? I don't feel like being in Brooklyn anyway, anyway. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm as excited, though. And um, I learned a lot, you know. Um, I uh, I actually miss Long Island. But um, now that I'm in photography, I travel through the town on my way to the Hamptons to shoot all these events, these interesting events. That yeah. I'm sure you guys partake in as well. No, first of all, we don't. And you, <laughs> you should come with, me. come with me. You guys can come with me anytime, you, man. You do owe us a ride. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, so what's high school like as a you know for for a Long Island guy growing up? You going to the mall? You working at the mall? Yeah, you know? all the all the above. I worked uh, I worked as a delivery boy for Pizza Hut. Shout out to Pizza Hut. Did Sorry. Craig Mack beat you up for that too? Or no? <laughs> no, no, he he actually just got mad over the sneakers. Later on, when I saw him, you know, we explained that like, why? When did you do that? <laughs> you know, he, thank God he's slow. He wasn't fat. He couldn't, he couldn't keep up with my speed. I was like. <laughs> But I was very upset just for the, the fact that someone tried to jump me. I yeah. don't know why. But so there's that suburban lifestyle. You're yeah. you're getting ready to graduate. And what do you think your life is going to be as a high school yeah, junior so senior? When I was in um when I was in uh, junior high school, uh, you we all have guidance counselors, and Mr. Thorpe and and I'm not even mad at him. God bless him. Uh, he told me, you know, Johnny, I I really think you know with your special education, you know, you're not as you, you're not that you're not bright it's just I think you should get a job in a warehouse find the right woman get married and have kids you know there's no and I said what about college because no nah, I don't think college is for you college isn't for everybody you right, know right. so I think he meant well and I won't say he was racist but um thank God the parents that I had that, that raised me as their own they were your complexion they installed in me that don't give up and like you know Mark Echo one thing I learned that about his rhinoceros symbol is the rhinoceros is the only animal that doesn't know how to go backwards. Mm. So I always remember I'm never going backwards. I'm only going to proceed forward. And so I applied to, it's good to be stupid sometimes because my best friend, Sammy Pizarro, one of my best friends, Sammy Pizarro, his dad was a radiologist. Mm. So they had a beautiful house. I thought anybody that had an in-ground pool was rich, you know? So we go to his home in the summer and have pool parties. And I always say, Sam, what does your dad do? He's a radiologist. So, after I went to Suffolk Community College and I was getting close to graduating, I wanted to be a radiologist really bad. So when I went to Nassau Community College where they offered a radi- radi- radiology program for two and a half years, or it's like a sprint. You could do what takes four years and do it condensed into two years. I applied, but I applied to the wrong medis- med- medicine or discipline. I applied to radiation therapy oncology. Oh. So it's a treatment of cancer with yeah. the use of ionizing radiation. So through the grace of God, my grades were, were well enough. I was a people person. I'm still a people person. Mm-hmm. And they liked my interview and they saw my medical history as a home health aide. And they wound up accepting me out of 480 applicants. I was one of the lucky 22. Holy wow. Man. Yeah. And so it was going good three years into it. I'm going to keep it real with you guys. Um, at North Shore University Hospital, when I told for my last rotation certain students, I believe I was at, I can't remember the name of the school, I think it was Southside, I told them that I'm going to North Shore, and these were white and Jewish people, and they went like this. 
their eyes open. They said, Johnny, be careful. And I'm like, I'm Johnny Nunez. Why do I have to be careful? They're like, that's a very, very... They didn't want to say racist hospital, mm-hmm. but they wanted to say it's a very difficult hospital to work in. I'm like, four months, I'll be graduating. I'll be treating people with cancer. I'll be all right. Man, the minute I got into the radiation uh, department, you could there was doom. It was an air of just pure racism. And uh, they would make the worst comments... If you were Jewish, if you were, if you were black, if you were Latino, it was almost like make America great again in one department. And so I uh, witnessed the treat, the mistreatment of a patient who was already dying of AIDS. And as she was suffering from them physically harming her, she had a tracheotomy and no one supported her head mm-hmm. on the stretcher onto the table. When mm-hmm. her neck fell back, they all began to laugh. And because she couldn't talk, she was making a like a gurgling noise. Yeah. yeah. So when we left the room, they were cracking up. They're like, "Did you see your head go back?" Sad thing about when you work in the field of death and dying, it, it, it hardens you to where you lose your sense of respect for life. And if someone's suffering, you almost kind of like build a shield of of sympathy. And so these people are miserable. Because they don't know if this individual they're treating will survive. They don't know if the cancer will return. So you can become a schmuck real quick Mm -hmm. just for your protection so you don't get too attached to the patients. But I would do things that would get certain technicians upset, like pray with the patients, hold their hand. If they were of a different faith, it didn't matter to me. I'd say, let's pray together. And they would tell me afterwards, hey, you know you shouldn't pray with these people. You know, this person's going to die soon. You're not going to save their life. And I would hear them tell me, do me a favor. I don't like praying and I don't believe in religion. So you you, you, you get me really disgusted inside when I see you praying with patience. And I'll be like, oh, shoot, okay. But I would still do it. You know, I would challenge it. So also, the success of my life, I believe, are a lot of the patients that may have gone to the next life looking from heaven, telling God, look out for Johnny. <laughs> you know? Right. So you don't have to believe that one, but I believe it. But, well, no, and, and, and so, just re- a real oh. quick aside, you did tell us too when you were uh, growing up, you had some Holocaust survivors. Yeah, yeah. So, your... so there were, um, I'll never forget, on the buses every morning, a lot of the immigrants that were coming into America were from Poland. And they were like, they were like quintessentially like the way Mexicans are in New York now. But they were getting beat up. They were getting robbed. They were getting uh, cheap labor. They were not getting paid much. They were working factories. And because a lot of them came here illegally, they kept their money with them. They didn't want to put it. There was no way to go to banks. They didn't want to get deported. And I don't know to what degree they were allowed to stay in the country. But that area of Brooklyn is still heavily uh, populated with Polish people or Polish Americans now. And so a lot of the women, I had no idea, but I would just grab their wrists and see the numbers that were tattooed. So I would like, for whatever reason, I just like to always put my hand over them and rub the numbers and look at them. And my mom would say, what are you doing? Don't touch that lady. And the Polish woman would say, no, come, come. And they let me like rub the numbers and look at them. And some of them would talk to me in Polish. I obviously couldn't speak it, but they'd like pet my head, give me a hug. Some would actually cry. And then later on, now that I know they were Holocaust survivors, just to know you made it 
and now you got this little black kid rubbing your wrist in another country, you know? Yeah. I still I feel like their 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 souls are blessing me and me, praying yeah. over me too, and so you know um. It, it's been a very interesting ride. But back to the radiation yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I made a complaint. I told them that I'm not going to touch this patient until someone supports the head of of this child, of this lady. Of course, they said on three, one, two, three, and they did it again. When we got out of the treatment room, they said, "How dare you tell us what to do? You are an intern. You don't tell us what to do." I already knew I was done for, and they're like, three more weeks, I'll be out of here." They made it into a big thing. They said, go home now. And I went to my apartment, and I told my friend Brian, Brian, you think I should tell the professor? They're like, do it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm three weeks from graduating radiation therapy oncology, Johnny, they're going to they're gonna sabotage you. They're going to try to make it so that you can't graduate. So I told my professors at Nassau Community College, Kathy Smith, and she said, Johnny, I don't believe that these technicians that I taught myself were racist. I just don't see it. I'm like, if you don't believe me, speak to the dosimetrist who was an African-American woman. And if you don't believe me, speak to a woman named Rose. Rose was an orderly that shuffled the patients around. Mm -hmm. Well, they used to tell me, that, uh, wait a minute, I don't want to be rude on the radio. They used to tell me, Johnny, when you're effing a black woman, does she say, oh, daddy, give it to me, poppy, you know, daddy. And when you're with a Latin girl, does she say, ooh, Dame, papi, dame. Do, do they do that? And I'm like, no, but I will say when I'm with white women, they always say that. Yeah. You know, and I, I wasn't with white women, but I just <laughs> yeah, yeah. like to make their blood get red. Yeah. So um, next thing you know, I got thrown out of the program. And uh, I was now putting all my stuff in storage because my landlord at the time, she said, Johnny, someone wants your room and is willing to pay me double. I'm so sorry, but I got to give this room up to them. So the girlfriend I was dating, she wound up saying, you're not in radiation therapy no more? Sorry, I can't be with you. And she literally broke up with me right there. So you lose everything in how long? Like in a week. And now I'm, I just bought a Mazda 323, and I'm like, I got to go back to Pizza Hut and see if I get my job back. I got to go back to the, the healthcare agency, see if I can watch some old people. And I, I was like, I can't believe it. I fell from not only grace, but... The blessing now is that I realize when you treat people with radiation, you're exposing yourself to radiation and cancer, you could develop it much faster than a typical person. Out of all this negative stuff, you know, losing your girl, losing your, your roof over your head, lo losing your job, losing your almost your, you know, degree. Yeah. Uh, the good, the, you look at the good part, which is that yeah. you're not going to be near oh, no, yeah, on yeah. an everyday basis. Well, I think there was a, a blessing from God um, hitting rock bottom, the ground. Because when with, with, with having nothing and you're at the bottom, there's only one which there's only one way you can go now, and that's up. Because you're at the bottom. You're sleeping in your car. Yeah. I remember uh, trying to find alleyways where no one would see me. And, you know, I'd find... Uh, the, the most darkest uh, places to sleep and you know it wasn't long I was only like living in my car for about a month and two weeks that's pretty still, long that's, yeah. that's a month yeah. and a few yeah. weeks too long yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah, but you know what um, in 1997 when I first started photography um, the same girl who broke up with me her mom and dad loved me and I'm like one of the greatest ex-boyfriend parent loving <laughs> guys no threat all the parents of my ex-girlfriends still 
probably kicked the door. Like, why'd you let go of him? You know, he could have been a keeper. But um, yeah. So um, while I was at delivering pizza, one of my good friends in high school went to his house to deliver pizza, and when the door opened, he was like, "Nunez, is that you?" And I'm like, "Yes, it's me." Wait a minute, weren't you in medicine? I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Yo, you probably paying your school loans, right?" I'm like. Yes, that's correct. And I was, but, you know, I wasn't in medicine no more. So when he gave me the money, he gave me a $100 bill. And I'm like, yo, D, uh, I just started my shift. I can't break this $100. He goes, yo, that's for you. Keep it. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Leaving a, a beautiful lawn, passing Mercedes Benzes and Rolls Royces. And I'm like, I'm going to be sleeping in this car tonight. And I was banging on the, the, the horn, screaming. And the next thing I know, my uh, boss calls me in the morning and says, Johnny, you have to come back to the store. And I'm like, shit, Danny probably wants his change back, you know? Yeah. He goes, whatever you do, don't come to the front. Come to the side. I'm like, why? He goes, I don't know, but you're going to know why soon. I'm like, shit, I didn't, I didn't steal no money. I didn't take no pizza from nobody. I, I, I made sure it was hot when they arrived. Looked out the front door, and there was my man again, but with an entourage. And uh, he said, Johnny, those are your friends? I'm like, yeah, they were asking for you. And they wanted to talk to you. So I told you to come around. So I went outside. I'm like, yo, what up, D? What's going on? He's like, Johnny, you didn't tell me what's going on. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, yo, I want you to come work for me. And I was just like, doing what? You know what? I'm like, you opening up a pizzeria? <laughs> He's like, no, man. I want you to come sell that raw with me all day. And I was like, yo, Danny, I don't know. That's like that's blood money B like I I escaped Brooklyn to just not be in that world because yeah. yo in high school you were connected you was always connecting dots you were bringing people to people I need that on my team and I said well Danny I don't know he goes here I put a thousand dollars in my hand and I refused it and he said no you keep that tomorrow morning you give me an answer as God would have it that same day my ex-girlfriend's mother called me and said Johnny I made your favorite uh, rice and beans and Haitian turkey wings. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I go over her house and she was away in college, so it was just me and her mom and dad. And they um, immediately um, bring me to a room and said, Johnny, I don't know what she says to me. Her name is Andrea. She said, Johnny, I don't know what you're going through right now, but tonight you sleep here. Mm. You know where the bathroom is? Clean towels. I got some of your old underwear and clothes from when you were here. Mm. Whatever you decide, we're here. And when she closed the door, I was like crying. I was just like, cannot believe. How did I go from here to here? So I said, God, tomorrow if you give me an idea, that's all I ask. If you give me one idea, I swear I'll be the best at it. But if tomorrow morning when I wake up, if there's nothing there, you leave me no choice. I'm going to become a drug dealer. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. The next morning when I woke up, you guys might not believe me, I saw a camera vividly in the air and I went to grab it and when I went to grab it there was nothing there I went to grab it again it was gone and I saw greeting cards I started the first hip hop Christmas greeting cards I'll tell you about that later yeah <clears throat> and the, the cards dwindled away they just vanished and I said God if you want me to become a photographer give me one more sign of course there was no burning bush there was no <laughs> talking but it was peace and I felt that's it I'm going to be a photographer. I'm going to be a photographer. So I was reading Unlimited Power by Anthony Robbins. I'm a big Anthony Robbins fan. Mm -hmm. I've never been to one of his seminars, but I'm going to go to one soon. Yeah. And I was reading Unlimited Power by Anthony Robbins. 
I went to all my good friends. I'm like, I'm going to be a photographer. Two of my very good friends, Patrick and Gene, said, Nunez, you live in a car. You work at Pizza Hut. Who told you you're going to be a photographer? I said, God did. They said, did the radiation hit your head? <laughs> I said, no, I'm going to be a photographer. But what with what? You don't have a camera. I'm like, I know. But where are you going to get a camera from? I said, God's going to provide it. When did he tell you this? I said, when he, told me, when he showed me a camera. They're like, this boy is crazy. <laughs> did you feel crazy? <clears throat> no, I, I felt a surge of energy that I was going to do it. That year of 1997, when I, from the moment I said I'm going to be a photographer, um, the first job I got was the burning of a mortgage of a black Baptist church on Lemon Street. And it was for $75. When Who was it for? Um, Reverend Lemon of Lemon Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine, Regina, we were working at another job, women packaging in Hot Park, Long Island. And I told everyone, hey, guys, I was having, f- I had five jobs at the time. I was doing shifts. I was doing everything I could do. And uh, I told Regina, I want to be a photographer. You got a camera? I'm like, yeah. Because in Anthony Robbins' book, it says, whatever you want to do. And people ask you, just say yes, that you do it. Yeah. He goes, well, I got a job here, I think. And she sure enough told me, it's a burning of a mortgage. You burn the actual mortgage. And so um, that year, 1997, I mean, excuse me, that year, yeah, 1997, I had no money living in the car. By the end of that year, I made $97,000. Okay. Where'd you get the camera? My boy, Jose Santana, let me borrow his Pentax camera. I got it stolen, but... That's all I needed. So, so you have no background in photography. You have this Pentax camera. What do you? What's it like looking through the lens? What do you? Well, what happened was and it's not funny. Um, I you remember my Borders books? Borders yeah, book yeah, store? yeah, yeah. In in Smith Haven, Long Island, there was a Borders bookstore right next to Smith Haven Mall. Best place to get pussy. Really? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know it. Those, those eighty year olds are hot. They can be frisky. Um, there was a, there was um, an outdoor book sale, and as I walked by there, I literally had no money on me. I had like five dollars for gas. I walked by the book stand with all the books outside, cause Long Island is a little bit more trustworthy. And I saw a camera, one hundred and one ways to learn cameras, and, and and I remember saying, God, I'm going to steal this book. But if you get, let me steal this book and not get caught. I will return this book, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And next thing you know, I walk up to the little book rack. Ah, the really nice book. <laughs> you know, I'm looking around. Oh, wow. And I just ran in my car. And I, so I started to study the book on how to be a photographer. And I remember when I was in radiation therapy oncology, a, a man by the name of Ted Whiting, he had an exhibit of Africa. And, he, and I told him, your work is amazing. He gave me his card two years prior. And I called him. I said, excuse me, uh, Ted Whiting, my name is Johnny Nunez. I'd like to know, could you teach me to be a photographer? He said, come on over. I'll teach you. He began to teach me the fundamentals. I still didn't have the money for a camera. Actually, i take that back. I saved enough money to buy a Canon Rebel camera. It was like the beginner's camera. Yeah. And you're not going to believe me, but as I began to walk through uh, Union Square, I mean, not Union Square. What's that? Bye bye. What's the school? What's the park by... NYU. Oh, uh, Washington Square Park. Washington yeah. Square Park. I would just shoot random people. Every, almost every person I randomly shot wound up being someone to help me on my, my quest. And so, finally, as as God would have it again, um, I began to meet artists that I actually liked. There was a guy named 
Jim, uh, James Billings. And in my town of Long Island, they had a small, you know, those Manhattan Network channels, Channel U, uh, one of those homegrown shows. Like uh, Channel 38 or whatever. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, it was like, it was called Blacks in Action. And mm-hmm. I would beg them, listen, I'm in photography now. Could you, um, could you let me come and be your photographer? The guy, James Billings, said, yeah, sure, Johnny. I'll tell you the schedule next week. You can come. You'll be our on-set photographer. His partner did not like me and had their own photographer. And they made me wait one day, and they never showed. So I told James, James, I waited the whole entire day. He was, didn't Dwayne take you? He's, I said, no. Don't sweat it, Johnny. We got three things going on today. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, what is it? This group called Drew Hill, they're having their album release party. Some girl named Erica Badu, she's got a big a video shoot. And we're going to introduce this new this new rap group out of New Jersey called the Fugees. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, I'll wait for you in the corner. So they did take me to that one. One of my friends, Stacia Means, uh, she said, yo, I might have a job for you. Now, this is where it becomes, this is the Jay-Z part. This is the hustle part. Yeah. Um, as I was walking down 8th Street and 5th Avenue, there used to be a, 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 another bookstore, a Barnes & Noble's. Yeah. Right there mm. in the corner of Oh, rival bookstore, man. <laughs> yeah. 8th Street and, and 6th Avenue. There was a, a Lucini Shoe Company. Uh, they used to sell shoes, stomp shoes, big old sole shoes. <laughs> and as I was walking in looking at the shoes... Uh, the dude Gerald who was the manager said do you like the shoes you need something I'm like nah I just admire the craftsmanship he was like what do you do I'm like I'm a photographer because you got a card on you I'm like I just ran out yeah. and so I'm living, still living in the car Yeah. because well give me your card because you know what we might need an ad being we have a portfolio I'm like I just sent it to my agent in LA <laughs> don't worry you might get a call from me Do the grace of God he calls me and he's like Johnny um we have a photo shoot. Uh, how much would you charge? I'm like, since you're my new client, you tell me what your budget is. How's $8,000 sound? I'm like, that'll work. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? <laughs> and so as I walked there, I said, God, if you can give me one more sign, uh, I won't bother you no more for a while. Wait, what more signs <laughs> yeah, do you need? I was, I was you just got paid $8,000. Yeah. Well, I didn't get paid yet. They just gave me the job, but they wound up liking my work so much that they wound up hiring me again. Mm. And it was for Paper Magazine. I still mm. have the ads. Oh, my God. And I said, God, if... Um, if you could just give me one more sign, this is what you want me to do, I won't bother you no more. In Jesus' name, amen. So right where 8th Street meets uh, 6th Avenue, yeah, yeah. there was those guys that sell Egyptian musk oil, incense. Mm-hmm. This African man, African-American man with a big white bush beard. <clears throat> I, at the, when I said amen, I noticed I smelled an incense burning. I said, wow, it smells great. So I said, excuse me, sir, what is that incense burning? And he said, that my son is the sweet smell of success. I was like, that's it. <laughs> so make a long story short, that girl station means that I mentioned earlier, she winds up bringing me to a company called Fusion 5. They said, Johnny, we just want you to shoot as many people as you can get holding this cigarette. I won't say the name because of your show. And no, we're trying cigarette. to get sponsored by Marlboro. Yeah, I wound up getting 300 signatures and 300 photos. They're like, wow. You did such a good job. We want to hire you again. So now I was making $600 a week. Every week, my ex, another ex-girlfriend's mom said you could live in my, my, my spare room. And things started getting better and better. And so finally, this guy, Eric, that gave me the job, said, Johnny, I got good news and I got bad news. I'm like, what's the good news? He goes, the good news, what well, the bad news is, I'm quitting. I'm like, shit, if he quits, I'm going to lose this, this hustle of $600 a week. 
because the good news is that I'm about to introduce you to the company, Fusion 5. And uh, I go to the, 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 the headquarters, and they said, he says, Johnny shoots all of our events. So anything that comes up on the calendar, he's got to call. So make a long story short, I was shooting out five events a week, maybe seven a week. And after three months later, the, they said, I'm invoice after invoice after invoice. I get a call from, I want to say JR something. And like, Mr. Nunez, um, we're, we're noticing you've invoiced us for like $50,000 in the period of like three months. Who gave you the permission to shoot all, all of our events? And I mentioned Eric. Yeah. Eric doesn't work anymore. I'm like, yeah. The job was given to a woman named Lisa. Well, listen, we're going to call them and we'll call you back. Next thing you know, I get a phone call back and they're like, Lisa's listen. dead. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, basically, uh, Mr. Nunes, we're going to send you a check for $25,000 and then followed by another check for twenty five, and we will no longer need your services no more. So that same year, I was living in the car. I was able to make uh, between the ads, between the ads and, and I want to say R.J. Reynolds, um, Oh, really? Like cigarettes? Yeah. Ninety something, ninety, ninety, ninety-two thousand dollars, ninety-seven thousand dollars. Yeah. So I was no longer living in a car no more. Oh my and god. I began to now go to all these concerts. Well, where were you living? A Brentwood, Long Island, still. But um. But like in a rented house. A rented room. Mm-hmm. So back to the city every night. Yeah, driving back and forth, shooting. Now I had money, so now I was buying nice cameras, and it, 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 I wound up meeting a, a record. A, n- a new coming record label out of Minnesota and another one of those friends that had a lot of money who was young and I wound up going out to Minnesota trying to start a record label and I was I was like always doing more than one thing like you guys you yeah, know? yeah sure. this might be your podcast but you're hosting shows yeah. at South by Southwest yeah, yeah. not letting me get access back in the <laughs> stage but it's alright though I'm not mad at you but um you know. so you were hanging out with Prince in Minnesota yeah <laughs> yeah and he was dancing and we're well, not dancing he was playing ball with heels on and mm. you want me to call my boy real quick that brought me to this crib uh no <laughs> I, would, I would tell him like you tell him the story well, Wait, you actually did go to Prince's Crib? Yeah, in Paisley Park. Oh my God! Matter of fact, check this out. I wanna, I'm going to surprise your listeners if if they're really listening to the. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> today's they've all the, tuned out. Today's going to be the day that you lose all your listeners. Um, <laughs> hold on, here we go. This is one of my friends that when I used to go to Prince's house in Paisley Park. Um, so I'm in Minnesota, and they say to me, Johnny, we're going to somewhere right now, and whatever you do, uh, don't laugh. And I'm like, what's the problem? We're going to Prince's crib. So I'm like, word? So we go to his gym. He's doing all the basketball moves with pumps on and big earrings. And he's slamming on motherfuckers. And I'm like, he's five foot two. (laughs) He was nice. And I'm trying my hardest not to laugh. And and sure enough, uh, I wound up meeting Prince. And I wound up shooting a lot of his uh, private concerts in his home. And... Yeah, and he also had a, a bit of a potty mouth too, man. He's <laughs> cursed like a sail. This is before he uh, mm-hmm. became a. What was he a Jehovah's No, he witness? was still big. Oh yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, maybe he was because you know what though, um, I've known I know one thing about him is that he was very strategic in that he told my friend Buddy and I was right there. Um, you got to be like Dr. Dre on the West Coast. You got to be like Puffy on the East Coast. You got to be like Jermaine Dupri in Atlanta. You can't let no 
songs play in your state unless they letting you play your music. Right. <laughs> and he was with the fingers and the whole nine, yeah. with heels and a cane. <laughs> and I'll never forget, he was he was gangster about it. Man. But I'm now calling this brother. <laughs> and one last attempt will be my boy Bear. So, mm-hmm. uh, wow. So so Prince was was everything that everyone Charlie says Murphy. Yeah. yeah. When I saw that on Dave Chappelle, I laughed because I witnessed it too, <laughs> and ain't nobody making fun or laughing about you know the the arrangement. You know right. what I'm saying? That's well, wild. If this cat doesn't answer, then don't worry. Oh, that, yeah. One of them is bound to call me back. How do you get to uh, Maria Davis, Monday Nights, uh, and CJZ on stage? It was still in 1997. He came to like bless her for her birthday and just get on the mic. He had a do-rag. I still the photos. And I was like, oh, shit, oh. <laughs> you know? And I actually, ironically, not too long after that one showcase, there was Craig Mack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, don't tell me. <laughs> You know, wait. Was that your first time like see, uh, meeting Jay or no? It was one of my first times shooting him. Mm-hmm. But um, later on, I wound up uh, being introduced to shoot him, uh, and wound up being really good friends with him, and having the opportunity to wind up being uh, Rockefeller Records photographer for like almost six, seven years. Yeah. So how how do you meet Jay, Dame, Biggs, the whole um, the whole crew? A girl named Dana Hill introduced me to. Uh, Damon Dash and um, she said Johnny uh, you know I want you to shoot Damon Dash's birthday party it was a surprise party that I think Jay threw for him it was on South, South 7th Ave and uh, I did a pretty good job I turned in the photographs at the time shout out to Riggs Morales mm. Source Magazine and Vibe Magazine would buy my photos for $85 a piece mm-hmm. and that was helping me sustain my wealth and this is month. in like the front of the book or this is in the back like there was something the called section? coast to coast was yeah. the party section for the sauce and in the mix was the party section for vibe and for a good chunk maybe seven eight years strong i was holding down both those magazines yeah. providing content and uh being a dundata, so to yeah. speak. So for so for, for, for Dame's birthday, for example, do yeah. you have to print them yourselves? Yeah, it's back in the days where you had to run to a processing lab. <laughs> next morning, go to the, the office magazine, sit with the editor, show them, write an invoice there, and go to the next magazine, after the next magazine, after the next magazine. Oh, my God. So um, I'll never forget on the trip where Damon, uh, well, I did such a good job, Dana Hill said, Johnny, you have a passport? And I'm like, yes. No, no, I said, no, no, I, no, I don't have a passport. Always say yes. Yeah, yeah. always say yes. She yeah. said, well, get ready because we're leaving tomorrow. I'm like, where are we going? We're going to Paris. <laughs> we're going to London. And we might go to Milan. Yeah, fuck your plans. I'm like, I don't have a, I don't have a passport. She goes, well, you got to run to the passport office now. You can do some work. Maybe you might be able to get one now. And I, to the grace of God, I wound up getting it. And shout out to Radu and Biggs. But I never forget, for whatever reason, Biggs, I mean, Radu did not like me. Uh. He was igging me the whole trip, saying, what the fuck you, excuse my language, like, why the hell you bring this guy to Dane? Constantly in his ear, ice grilling me, giving me, like, bad looks, and I was just... So he wasn't a good travel partner. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so uncomfortable. I yeah. mean, at the time, I was I was traveling with Richie Akiba, Noah Teppenberg, Just Ski, yeah. Fizz, Steve-O, all these... Um, Hipsters from the Upper East and Upper West Side that now own nightclubs like One Oak and Butter and right. yeah. Marquee and all. And they were traveling on this entourage of supermodels on G4, private jets. And we get to actually south of France. Naomi Campbell sneaks us into a Vanity Fair party. And here's like 
like that, that, that Gwen Stefani E video where you got these people in tuxes with rich money and all, and you got these kit cats from the hood just rolling up in a party. And I'm like, this guy keeps looking at me mean. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I got to do something that will wow this guy, that maybe make him leave me the hell alone. Right. <laughs> so there I see uh, Harvey Weinstein talking to Mick Jagger and Sting. And I'm a big Sting fan. Sure. So I'm like, excuse me, gentlemen, <laughs> do you mind if I get a photograph? And of course, they started to pose. I'm like, would it be too much if you could just take your hands like this and do this symbol? And of course, Sting says, what does that mean? I'm like, well, this is the representation of the rock, which is universal <laughs> for love. It's, it's just a sign. And so Sting goes, come on, let's do it. And Harvey Weinstein starts to lift up his hand. Sting starts to do it. But Mick Jagger was like, no. <laughs> and Sting's like, come on, chap or bloke, whatever. So finally, Mick Jagger goes like this. Oh, he did it. And very Harvey dramatic. And Harvey Weinstein does this. Oh, my God. And Sting does this. And I take that photo. And I run back to Dame. And I say, Dame, look. And I, and I showed it to, um, to Radu. And he says, I fucks with you now, nigga. I fucks with you. <laughs> You, wait, you were shooting digital or you had yeah, a... digital. Is that the greatest picture you've ever taken in your life? No, when okay. I snuck in Nelson Mandela's house for his 85th birthday. Wait, wait what do you mean you snuck but into... I'll tell you another funny story. Um, um, Interscope had a Grammys after party at uh, Lotus, which doesn't exist no more. Mm -hmm. It later on became Abe and Arthur's Steakhouse. And um, it was an intense front door entry it was just not yeah it was so packed with people trying to break in that was downtown the, or midtown yeah, or? me packing the street yeah, okay it was it was impossible to get in and plus i wasn't invited mm -hmm. so, I myself, <laughs> so there's that yeah, yes yeah, i said yeah. i said myself what am i going to do to get in there how am i going to get into the interscope after party and pull the fire alarm well <laughs> close <laughs> i got close enough to where the the the, the, the dividers were yeah and I was just waiting for a chance to, first of all, these bodyguards are, are superhuman, so you don't want to fuck with them. Right. And second of all, you got to jump over the, 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 the you know, the, the barricades. The barricades. Yeah. So a pushing match started between people trying to get in and security back and forth using the, the cage, you oh know? Yeah. So next thing I know, I see them all rushing to one area. I put one foot over. And as they were starting to push it, I put the other foot over. Now I'm on their side. So then I creep from behind. The security goes, they're not getting in. Do not let them in. I do not want to see your face. Make sure. This is crazy. I'm like, I'm not going to work here no more. And I walk into the door. And I'm like, we need help. It's a madhouse outside. Someone, we need security. And immediately they listen to me and they run out. And I run right in. And there is... Bono from U2 rolling up something with yeah. Snoop Dogg yeah. like what's funny and I'm taking the photos of them and they're smoking and passing it and I'm like tsh, 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 getting my photos off and then I you know after I got all I felt that I needed that was a good photograph um, is there any situation where you were with an entourage mm -hmm. Rockefeller or, or anybody else that you're mm -hmm. moving with and you get left behind yeah I actually got left behind in, in Milan oh, I was so scared <laughs> Yeah, I was scared Thank because God you had your passport. They, well, they actually left me. How good is your Italian? <laughs> oh man, it was, it was all right. It was all right. But I, I finally, I finally got back to the hotel, and that's when the, the gadget at the time was the the blueberry, not yeah, the blackberry. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, blueberry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Kenny Sm Kenny Burns, 
um, I managed to use my blue blueberry as a phone <laughs> and I wound up telling me where they were. Oh my god. But um yeah, but I also got almost stuck in London when I was with Russell Simmons and, and doing a campaign for Argyle Culture. And uh the more I spoke to the um international The embassy? And, no, the uh wait, 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 the the passport checkpoints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more I began to talk, the more they were beginning to love you. Make call security. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They were like, why does this passport look so wet? Yeah. And so, so I was like, wet. well, yeah, because I'm about a few weeks prior, uh, or maybe maybe the year before, Kanye West, the short club, um, I'll never forget, it was very vivid. Uh, Jimmy Hinchman tells me, Johnny, come come get the shot. And I remember that the, the game was there, and I knew that Suge Knight had beef with the game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, sorry, excuse me. The game wasn't there. Jimmy was there, who managed managed the game at the time. Right. And he says, come with me. I want you to take this photograph. But I just saw Suge Knight by the bar. I said, Jimmy, Jimmy, I don't think it's a wise idea to go over there. He said, nah, it's a wise idea. Get your camera. When I give you the head nod, I want you to get this photo. I'm like, well, okay. So next thing I know, I follow him. And there's Suge Knight, leaned up against the bar, and he was with this talented blow. He'd make a perfect circle <laughs> of a cigar smoke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, what the hell, you know? So next thing you know, I saw Suge inhale, and when he exhaled, he blew out a perfect circular ring of smoke right into Jimmy's face. <laughs> and then Jimmy went one head nod to the left. And then he looked at me and went one head nod to me. I'm like, what am I shooting? Some guy with a musket just comes from behind shugging. Boom! Shoots him right there. And I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like, holy shit. Like a movie, for one split second, it was like as if everyone was frozen. Then, pure anarchy. Everyone's just stepping on top of each other. People are falling. Glasses are breaking. People are screaming. And as I'm running outside, trying to get away, here's Kanye West. John Legend, Don C, yeah. the whole entourage, good music, all, good, all running on him. And well, I, I didn't know where we were running to, but apparently someone told Jermaine Dupri, who was telling either it was his birthday that Janet Jackson rented the Versace mansion, or it was Janet Jackson's birthday and he was throwing a birthday party by renting the Versace mansion. So he ran all the way to the Versace mansion and Jermaine Dupri gets on the microphone and goes, y'all heard what just happened at your party, man. But you know what? There's only one thing we could do. Just jump in the pool, y'all. And I'll never forget, all everyone, I put my camera down, and we just, just jumped in the Versace Mansion pool. And then later on, I realized that my passport was wet. So no matter what country I went to, it was just real flabby. Yeah. So Wait, just to, just to um, because yeah. a lot of this sounds like Soulja Boy's like DJ Vlad interview. So Uh-oh. I want to... I wanna, um, Okay. Nothing bad. I don't want to get beat up. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so that was the VMAs party down in in uh, yeah. Miami. Miami. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so my question is, Jimmy Henchman asks you to take this picture. Yeah. What did he want you to accomplish by taking a picture of him of Suge getting shot? I don't know, man. But you know, I guess the best way to put it is, I I tell people all the time, I was not only the personal photographer to a lot of. Um, known yeah, hip hop dancers, yeah. um, Jimmy Henchman, mm-hmm. um, uh, Haitian Jack, mm-hmm. BMF, Big Meat. Shout out to BMF. I used to be the personal photographer to a lot of 
heavyweights in, in, in that lifestyle. Yeah. And the rap music world. So I'm like in the movie City of God, I, I'm I'm rocking. <laughs> I have one foot with the hipsters yeah. and the socialites from the Hamptons to, you know, Upper West or Upper East. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I also had Thug Life. I had the cast that were really the gangsters that certain rappers yeah. rap about, yeah. Yeah. but never ever touched a product right. or never ever been in a shootout, but their rap sounds like they well, did. Yeah. What do you think it is about your photographs, or is it you personally that, that keeps you in these circles? You know, trust, man. You never want to put out bad photos or get people in trouble or get killed in, in doing it, you know? Yeah. I've witnessed a lot of crazy stuff, but I'll never do things to incriminate anyone uh, or put anyone in jeopardy. You know, I've been offered people call me, do this, kick it a picture. This guy's over there with his mistress. Yo, this person's over here with his with his lover. And like that's not me. I, I I believe that you gain people's respect and trust by 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 showing them love. When I didn't know you two guys, I mm-hmm. was photographing you. I could tell these guys are gonna probably be big one day. And I don't know how many years ago that was, but now look at you probably guys. Like, you know? something. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we would see you all the time, and because we were at every event, you were at every event. Yeah, yeah. Jeff was looking through Getty images before. Yes. And mm-hmm. you were doing a count of of how many shots there were. Well, I didn't count. Like oh. Getty images did, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you have like two thousand six hundred something of of uh, P Diddy, of two thousand of of uh, of Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know probably the most of anybody yeah um i was blessed to have an opportunity to join wire image uh shout out to kevin mazer and the whole wire image people josh tang and i was able to be grandfathered as a grandfather contributor to wire image before getty bought them yeah so with that platform of distribution worldwide to know that over a billion people follow my photos yeah that's power. Yeah. Like someone and that was in like 2002? 2003. Well, 2002, 2003. Yeah. You know? And, you know, so that, that I, thanks I, to Kim Farn for giving me the opportunity. How did you um, distribute your photos before that? It was just like on a personal basis, just going to... Hello? <laughs> I got a stack full of photos. But were there were there any places outside of Vibe or the source mm-hmm. um, that you were sourcing to? Um, Shout out to Mark Echo. He called me one day. He was like, Johnny, I need photos. And I know your pictures are hot. Could you come to my office on 23rd Street and show me some photos? Same thing with my boy, um, Rob Stone. Shout out to Fader Magazine. Mm-hmm. I came by his office and his prototype, which was consistent of all my photos, became the first complex magazine prototype. What photographs do you have framed at home? Wow. Um, framed in home, just my, my son and daughter and my wife. Pictures like that. Yeah. Um, I know I have framed images. I should bring one. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one of my pictures so that when so you, you get have... rid of this trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's, it's... Um, uh, and and Sorry. what photographs have you gone through like your negatives? Um, mm-hmm. and or and thought like, oh my god, I didn't even realize I took this photo. Ooh man, there's a, a my 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 archives consist of that. Yeah. Of course, I can never name people's names. Right. But I've got. When this interview's over, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you a few. But I'm. But I'll never forget when Petey Pablo introduced me to Jen, um, what's her name, Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. He said to me, "Yo, Johnny, it's my white girl. <laughs> Yo, Britney, this is Johnny Nunes." I'm like, "Hey, how you doing?" I shook her hand, and he goes, "Yo." You want to see something? I'm like, what up, Petey? He's like, white girl, dance. <laughs> and I'll never forget, it was at Butter. And it was like down in the basement. 
and she began to dance in a circle, and she was doing all these dances, and I was like, yo, that girl's nice, so I took pictures, of course, and just the other day, as I looked through my archives, I see, like, this blonde-haired, blue-eyed chick, like, like, (laughs) movement pose, I'm like, oh, shit, Britney Spears, when she was, like, doing the Running Man and shit, you know, but, um... Because Petey Pablo told her so. Yeah, he just danced, but I I I remember meeting Justin Timberlake and Missy Elliott's party, and meeting uh mark mark um Wahlberg? no uh i remember meeting him too um mark ronson introducing me to amy winehouse mm. and saying jay this is my new artist can you take a picture of her she's like amy this is johnny nunez if he shoots you you're gonna make it big and i and you know looking back like i'm a big amy winehouse fan now you know i couldn't believe meeting somebody even kanye i never forget talib Kweli introduced me to kanye west at urban plaza and people don't even know, on the flip side of that, I was Kim Kardashian's personal photographer. Hmm. Shout out to Johnny uh, Chedman. She was always her personal photographer. <laughs> yes, you that's were, true. You were second place. That is true. That. that is true. But uh, shout out to the Kardashians, man. They show, all show me love for many years. And Who really works well with you every time you see them? Common, Fat Joe, um, Swiss Beats, Alicia Keys. Um... There's so many artists. Puffy, he's always cool to work with. Uh, Beyonce. So whenever Rihanna. you see them, they just know like how to pose, how to like yeah. turn. Yeah. They well, know. it's a little bit different with, with Jay. He, he sometimes doesn't want to pose, doesn't want to take pictures. He's actually really shy with the camera. He's mm-hmm. not. There's artists that are are media whores. They'll do whatever it takes to make sure their picture is there. Yeah. You're and talking to two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Johnny, 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 please, please. And you snuck into Nelson Mandela's house. Yeah, that's a long story. <laughs> but bottom line is, if you go to uh, type in Johnny Nunez, Nelson Mandela, or Richard Branson and Nelson Mandela and Johnny Nunez, you'll see my photos <laughs> pop up. And shout out to Naomi Campbell and Damon Dashman and Dana Hill. Uh, if it wasn't for those people believing in me enough to tr- let me travel the world and shoot their private birthday parties in Central Pay, I would have never been able to have these remarkable experiences. And shout out to Mark from uh, Catch and DJ Cassidy, who lives around here, by the way. Hmm. Uh, we, we've seen some crazy things. I'll never forget, <laughs> um, after Naomi Campbell's uh, pre-party in uh, Cannes, uh, a few people were invited. Actually, no. Let me go back in time. Dolce and Gabbana threw a party with Khalees. And as I was as it was as I was leaving, Tyson Beckford, I said, Tyson, where are you guys going? He goes, Come with us. And I traveled with Tyson to this yacht. And it was the yacht of a Playboy Bunny's sugar daddy. Mm. <laughs> so Hugh Hefner. <laughs> one of those type of guys. Yeah. And there was Mark from Mark and Jean of uh, 10 June slash um, Aben Authors slash Catch. They, uh, Mark was on, on, the, on the ship with DJ Cassidy. And out of nowhere, in, and, and, and forgive me for having hate, but I didn't like uh, Kid Rock at all. I mm. thought I what? didn't like that rapper. No. I, didn't, I didn't think he was a rapper. I thought he was just like some. Just because just you, some. You didn't know that he'd be in Trump's White House. <laughs> no, I didn't think like I didn't like I didn't like Kid Rock at all. Right. And so, at the at Naomi Campbell's party, I noticed he got on the turntables and he was scratching and walked this way. He was nice on the DJing tip. Mm. So he wound up coming to the same party on a yacht, and I got the photographs, yada yada yada. And um, next thing I know. This little short dude rolled up 
two Lamborghinis rolled up and mounted the the yacht and they started to talk junk to the to the the Playboy pinup model and the guy grabbed her threw her down the floor holy shit out of nowhere Kid Rock leaped into action got the guy body slammed him grabbed his arm and twisted it and then he put his his foot on his head and said yo where I come from we don't put our hands on women Wow. And Tyson Beckford then said, yo, kid, I got this. I got this. He grabbed the guy, put him in a full Nelson, lifted him up, and then threw him off the yacht. Oh what? When he fell, he hit his head on the, 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 the rim of a, the Lamborghini or whatever. And his boy was thrown off the boat, too. Whoa. And I was just like, yo, I got a greater respect for Kid Rock now. Uh, do you have any good tunnel stories? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, too. You know what? Shout out to Adam Lublin. Uh... You know Adam Lublin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my brother. What is it? I always say AEG or I say the wrong company. I think he's AEG. AIG yeah. or AEG? AEG, uh, yeah. AEG. AIG yeah. was the insurance company that went uh, bust. Ooh. Yeah, so I don't think and, he works there. And shout out to Zach, too. Um, so one of the first times I go to... No, that's a disgusting story. Right? <laughs> no, no, you can tell. You can tell. <laughs> uh, I remember going to the tunnel one time, and Adam may not remember this, but... I think it was Jessica Rosenblum. She was a promoter there as well. Uh, we can even go back to when there was a nightclub called the Red Zone. And although I did not know Puffy, I heard he was a promoter there. And Funkmaster Flex was his resident DJ. Wow. So, so this is like 93, 94. Yeah. So that same crowd would go to the tunnel. So I'll never forget leaving the tunnel. No, there was a shootout happened in the tunnel. Big shootout. I could still smell the smoke from the barrels like pop, 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 pop. Someone just dropping right next to me. And I'm oh, like, it's time to go. Yeah, and as I'm like making my exit, um, I'll never forget a dude. I think he was Latino. He had a white t-shirt like mine. He took off his shirt and was like, told his friend, look at my back. And it looked like a scary movie. It looked like someone took a Sharpie and drew a line from his neck to his butt. And all of a sudden, like the like the horror movies, blood just squirted out like like a faucet. Oh my and god! And I was like, oh my god, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Excuse my language. Holy shit! But um, yeah, man, the tunnel was like, you you remember the you ever seen the movie The Blues Brothers with John Belushi? And yeah, 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 of course. Remember, like they had no money, so they went. They said that they were the act for a cowboy <laughs> rodeo bar, yeah. and they, and they had a cage around them, and yeah. those were There's rough, the rugged truckers, and. Yeah. Hillbilly type people, that's what the tunnel was, but for hip hop, <laughs> you know. But it was on edge. Any minute something can go wrong. What man. were some of the greatest shows you've seen there? Maybe when Jay Z performed there. Maybe when um, MOP performed there. Buster Rhymes performed there. Tons of great yeah. acts. So, but I'm I'm blessed to say I have like at least 97 till it got shut down. I remember when I see Peter Gation there. Former owner of Limelight, yeah, yeah, and Tunnel with his eye patch and shit. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. He had an eye patch. Yeah, he used to be a professional uh, hockey player in Canada, oh. and he lost his eye. Oh and my God. Came to New York and became a big time party promoter. Such yeah. a dramatic look. <laughs> so we did talk about uh, Mick Jagger and Sting and Harvey Weinstein throwing up the rock. You also have a picture of uh, Warren Buffett throwing up the rock. Yeah, I actually taught Warren Buffett how to make the hand sign. <laughs> So as I was at the 4040 and uh, one of the last uh, events that I shot for for Jay-Z and Rock Nation, I still work with them indirectly, I think. Um, I saw Warren Buffett and 
a lot of the other agency photographers, like I say, they don't understand the culture. Right. So they just they an care. old white they just, guy. They just try to follow where I'm going. And as I get to set up things and position it, mm-hmm. just as I'm getting ready, they'll put their camera right to mine and they'll start stealing oh, the shot. That's oh, annoying. It's like an artist getting his music stolen by somebody else. Right. So what I do is I find random black people and I begin to photograph them <laughs> and I start flickering and they swarm down following me. So while they're doing that, I go across to where I do want to get the photo. Yeah. And that's the secret to getting rid of those bozos. <laughs> so I saw Warren Buffett and I saw Jay not too far away from him and I said, you know, as all the photographers are getting their photographs, turning around and trying to go get other photographs. I said, excuse me, Warren, you mind if I get a photograph of you like this? And he kindly did it. Very soft fingers, very soft hands. He did it, but he did it wrong. He was like, what is this? And, I, and then as I got the shot, and then I said, I tapped Jay. I said, Jay, real quick, can you show Warren how to do the rock symbol? And so Jay was like, oh, it's real simple, right? You go like this, and you put your hands like that, and then that's how I got that shot. Amazing. But I, I, I could do a book just on all the celebrities that I had do that. Yeah. What I like about you is that you're not only um, celebrities, but you also do, like, society pictures. pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you'll go to, like, these very, you know, uh, white bread, like, Upper West Sidey sort mm-hmm. of places. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just talk about, like, the different approach between, say, a Jay-Z and uh, an Upper Housewives of yeah. New York City? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the difference I find in, in certain cultural differences... Um, some people never had to struggle. So some of them are actually comfortable with their life and they're actually very calm and polite. But where if you had to struggle to get where you are, you might be a little bit more abrasive, a little bit more colder. Trust is not given. It's earned by them and for good reasons. But uh, it is funny, though, when I'm at these Hampton events and... You know, I'm over here with George Lucas, or I'm over there with, uh, um, what's his name? What's his name? God. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Brett Ratner. You'll be surprised at how nice certain people are. And even if on their reality show, they're total fools, mm-hmm. and you might think that they're bad. But when you get to meet some of them, some of them actually don't have a, a bad bone in their I won't say that. <laughs> but you'll be surprised at certain people that you love and you know, if you catch them when they're young, they'll be nice. After success and financial success and, and all kind of successes, they become an asshole. Mm-hmm. And you'll find people that you watched on TV and said, these are assholes. Yeah. And when you meet them in person... They'll right. invite you to their home. They're really pretty cool. Um, you were there when ODB got out of jail. Yeah. Um, and Mariah was there, yeah. and Dame was there. Can you just talk about like? Do you have any good uh, ODB stories? Do you have any yeah, good- I remember. Um, they wanted all the photographers to leave uh, the room, and ODB wanted a few minutes by himself with his mom. And I remember I ran so far ahead of the pack of photographers that I just randomly ran in a room. And I randomly I ran in a room because I just didn't want to be kept away from ODB and Mariah Carey and Damon. <clears throat> and so I was in there and they didn't they didn't say get out. So I saw ODB go to the window and his mom came by his side and he, he began to pray looking uh, down. And after he finished praying, he looked up and uh, I think I got the photo. I pray I still got it. Well, maybe it was something I saw. He looked up, 
and it was the sun was actually going down. It must have been midday or whatever. And as the sun was going down, it was going down on his face. And when he finished his prayer with his mom, the sun went down. Mm. I don't know how long after that he passed away, but that was an amazing photo. That was an amazing ODB picture. Are there any pictures that you hold on to yourself that you don't put up for the wire services? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of photographs. As a matter of fact, not to change subjects. No. ODB, he was dancing on the dance floor, and I took a picture of him. And, my, and so he ran up to me and said, yo, don't take no picture of me. I'm shaking my ass. Whatever he said. And so all of a sudden, I don't know what possessed me to fucking take another photo of him. He went, yo. He started to chase me. And I'm running through the nightclub. And here's ODB after me. And finally, um, I forgot what manager stopped and said, yo, Johnny's cool, cool, cool. Yo, don't you take no more pictures of ODB. I don't want no more pictures. Um, Colin Powell. General Colin Powell. Yeah. Same thing? Same thing <laughs> happened. I was at a White Clef fundraiser in D.C. I took a picture of him, and he said, Hey, who told you to take a picture of me? I started to run. <laughs> Turn around, Colin Powell's chasing me. I'm like, oh, shoot. I'm trying to dip and dodge, and there he is. And then finally, I said, okay, you got me. You know, he's like, hey, you don't take no picture of anybody until they give you the permission to take the picture of them. What's your name? I'm like, my name's Johnny News. All right, you can take a picture now. <laughs> I took a picture. I was like, shit, Colin Powell scared the shit out of me. Oh, we almost got beaten up because uh, I took a picture of Tyrese when uh, when I wasn't oh, supposed to. <laughs> I went to his house for the Fast and Furious party he threw in L.A. two years ago. Mm -hmm. He has... Uh, the Benihana's? The Benihana yeah. Pachi yeah. grill back there. Yeah. And we go to the balcony of his house, and I had no idea another cursing like a sailor there was Vin, Vince Diesel yeah. um, smoking and just chilling. Yeah. Got some really good photos of them. Um, so we're trying to get Oliver, who is Tyrese's personal chef from his Benihana's oh, and uh, personal DJ. We want to get him on our podcast because this is the second time we've talked about Benihana's. talk to somebody. I might <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tyrese always hits me on direct message on my Instagram. Well, if you can let him know that we are searching for <laughs> Oliver... That's right. Yeah, no explanation. Just we're yeah. searching for Oliver. You know what I love about Tyrese's house? <coughs> it's like ghetto fabulous. Not in a bad way. Right. So I don't want nobody beating me up. You see like a residential neighborhood, like yeah. a normal resident. And then out of nowhere is this gigantic, big old, beautiful mansion. Yeah. In the middle of like, you know, little, little houses. <laughs> Tell us about uh, the first time, or your best story actually, when you, when you went out to um, uh, P. Diddy's white parties. Do you have any oh. good stories about those? Um, I'll never forget after Puffy had his white linen party we went to a home a house that Rockefeller had for the summer and as we were all leaving Puffy asked me you take this photo Johnny and he had like a case of Dom Perignon or or, or, or whatever the ex most expensive champagne is right. and he opened up a bottle and he began to pour it on the lawn and he wanted another bottle and kept <laughs> emptying out each bottle and someone said why are you doing that he goes because i want them to know we're here now mm. you know and i was just like wow that's yeah. gonna be a, go a good picture of my book yeah yeah, yeah. You know? um can you tell us uh in retrospect yeah. what dame dash meant to you and your life um you know dame like russell simmons in my life a lot of bad ridicule may come to him from people that don't know him and some people might say I don't like him or whatever but even if he was mean to you back when he potentially was an asshole to everybody if it wasn't for him 
I don't think enough people understand he was only not only a visionary, but he was the one who foresaw reality shows coming. He was the one who foresaw owning liquor companies or being being part owners of liquor companies. He was the one who saw starting your own tour instead of the record label creating your tour. He was one of those type of guys that why do we need to let someone do something for us if we could do it for ourselves, you know? And I, I man, my hat goes off to him because even uh, even when he was the type of guy that if something had to be done, he would do it himself rather than tell you take the risk and do it yourself. There's not too many people built like that no more. And even what hurts me is that when all the beef went down between artists and him, some of the people he put on deserted him. Um, again, this is just my own opinion. Uh, you know, when a sink, when a ship is sinking, you know, you could either go down with the ship or you could try to save your own life, self-preservation. Um, I respect those people that say, look, you know what? I got a life raft, but you hold on to me. We're going to get out of here together. Mm-hmm. I've been in enough parties where people are quick to shield their bodies with your body mm-hmm. so that you get the bullet yeah you know and you'll be like ain't you thugged out why are you ducking and dodging and hiding right. behind a chick you know but yeah. it bees like that sometimes so you've been you've been in the game for a while now this year makes it 20, 20 years, years. Yeah. um is there any thought of you doing some sort of like retrospective yeah um i'm shout out to my girl naima um she's with uh remy martin and They've been thinking of, of doing something with me. And I've been approached by other liquor companies, which are great. But um, this is not going to just be a little party. I'm in talks with um, Sotheby's and possibly Christie's, wow. auction houses, so that my work is not just looked at as cool stuff. I'm trying to be the next Basquiat Andy Warhol of the photojournalistic world. So I'm trying to, well, not I'm trying to, with the help of Naima, uh, we might be going to Paris London and Tokyo and then later to Hong Kong and other parts of the world with hip hop and with I just call it just art because you're gonna have photographs of the wealthy elite trust fund silver spoon kids you're gonna have pictures of the hood the projects you have all that intertwined with black elegance and Latino elegance and Jewish white African Muslim, all those cultures are going to be in the photographs. Yeah. yeah Do you ever get um, bored of going to like you know club nights and you know all the concerts and stuff like that? Um, you know what? I never get tired because I love shooting the next artist that no one knows of, that X artist that might just wind up becoming the next Lupe Fiasco or the next Eminem. That's another story, man. Eminem's first performance was at in New York City was at Latin Quarter, and up here, yeah, right up, right up Broadway, yeah. And um, it was Fat Joe and Big Pun performance. Opening up was some white boy rapper, and I had thirty six shots in my camera. And I never forget. I said, 
You know what? I'm not going to shoot the opening up axe. No, I need these 30 shit, 36 shots for big pun advantage. Oh, yeah. and showing up like from, I don't know why he said, I think they said it was from New Jersey because he was with the Outlaws or something like that. <laughs> he goes, yo, what's up, y'all? My name is Eminem. And I'm like, oh, goodbye. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I wound up getting the next group of photographs. Shout out to Joey Ai, by the way. Yeah. I sent him his photographs recently, so please don't get mad at me. <laughs> you got your pictures with Eminem and all those other celebrities. Joey Ai does listen to this podcast. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never get bored because I love discovering new talent. A lot of the artists, or rather a lot of the photographers I see now, some of them, are, I'm the exclusive photographer to this artist, and the artist is now mainstream. So he's commercial, he's whatever, he's pop, or she's pop, and... They might give me the Hollywood wave, like, hey, how you doing, Johnny? I'm like, can I get a photograph? And they're like, oh, not right now. You know, or, excuse me, the publicist will run up to me. Who are you with? I'm like, who am I with? This is Johnny a hip-hop event. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? They're like, well, you know, we have our own photography. You're, you're, not, you know, you're not supposed to be here. You have to go security. And I'm like, wow. The photographers that they've hired now don't like hip-hop, nor know who they're shooting. And we're the first to go to security guards and say, that photographer doesn't belong here. I want him out. So security will come to me, yo, Jay, I know you, B. I know you from Webster Hall. <laughs> I know you from the tunnel. But they want you out of here. So I'm going to let you take your shots, and then you can bounce. I said, you know what? I'll do one better. I'll let myself out. But before I do that, I'll be like, yo, Puff. Yo, he's good. He's good. <laughs> All the time. And Puff is always there. Yeah. The Puff same, is your spirit, uh, you know, guardian angel. Yeah, James Cruz, too. They've looked out. And I get, I get certain artists will show you love and, and respect, like shout out to Quest Love, Black Thought, and, and they've made it really large and very big, and I'm very proud of them. But I remember being there when it was like Maria Davis or like SOBs, shout out to Jordan and his dad, Larry. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times where you have to befriend the, the keepers of, of, of that gate. Yeah. And, you know, these areas where new talent comes in, and these artists are going to be big. Some of them may recognize you and may give you respect for letting them come to your apartment and talk on your podcast. And some might see you at a next party and be like, hey, what's up? Talk to my publicist. Mm-hmm. Like, can you even spell publicist? <laughs> you know, did you finish high school, motherfucker? But you get that, you know. If I could offer anything to the listeners, being nice to people and helping people, even if you feel they don't need help, You'll be rewarded later. It might not be rewarded at that very moment. And people don't need to know that you're doing things on the side to help them. Mm-hmm. I pray, and I'm not perfect, but I pray all the time. And I pray for my enemies. I pray for people that wish me harm or wish me not well. And I pray that God forgives them and forgives me if I have ill malice thoughts towards people. But that, to, to, to you guys, that's the secret to my success. Um, keep love in your heart. Help people. And uh, I used to be, I used to feed the homeless um, mm-hmm. in my town of Brentwood at St. Anne's. And for many years, I was with World War II um, veterans feeding masses of people uh, every day for years. And we were called the Peanut Butter and Jelly Gang. And um, now, when I look at my successes and, and accolades from being uh, the personal photographer to Michael Jordan, Spike Lee, LeBron James, uh, working with Michelle and Barack Obama. And by the way, I, this year, last year really, I wound up uh, being uh, a delegate for the arts and humanities for the White House. That's amazing. Under Michelle and Barack. And so for now, 
I, wor- I go around the world talking to children for turnaround arts. Mm. So for the second historical trip to Cuba, I was appointed to travel and speak to the Cubans and try to uh, exchange art and culture. And now I go to Minnesota and Milwaukee and I talk to the children's schools that are underprivileged and underserved to to follow their dreams because, you know, if I can do it, you can too. Johnny, you've, uh, you've made it from... The, the worst parts of Brooklyn to uh, to you know almost Getting. almost becoming a, uh, a radiologist and then <laughs> and then being homeless and bouncing back and mm. seeing that camera and making a lot of dreams come true and mm. and setting the bar again and listen you you you, you you said you're like a rhinoceros and that you keep going forward you're like a rhinoceros because there's not many like you so thank you my congratulations on everything thank you thank for coming you. through and uh, and I'm and sure yeah you're gonna give us that picture of Mick Jagger's sting and yeah I have to find it yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but I have so many I, I, I'm gonna send you guys a gift uh, thank you thank you I love you guys man. thank you Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us and the little podcast that could, where can they go? You can always go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. You can also go to iTunes and search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We are also on Google Play, definitely. We are on Spotify, definitely. I think we're on Stitcher. Twitter at It's The Real. Facebook at It's The Real. Instagram at It's The Real. You can also find us on Snapchat, even though we don't really upload there. It's It's The Real and It's The Real. Eric. Don't follow It's The Real on Snapchat, even though maybe they upload more than us. This podcast isn't going anywhere unless you guys spread the word, and we know that that starts with us, so we like to tell our friends to let people know about A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Jeff, do you have a friend you'd like to tell? Yes, so last week on the Mac Wilds episode, uh, I talked about how I was added to some group DM on Twitter called The Pleasant Chat by Oz Cohen. Last week I named 10 people, approximately 60 people were mad at me, so I'm going to name 10 more really quickly, just so that, uh, you know, less people are mad at me. So that's Mo, Nikki Chulo, Booby World, Johnny Goofy, Chelsea, Mason, Jada, Eli, Jade, Jack, and Vix. Listen, if you're mad at Jeff, at It's The Real, and let us know. There's so many more, but I'm not going to get into them this week. All right. I'd like to shout out uh, Skank Hunt 42. Skank Hunt 42 yes on soundcloud who is i think a regular commenter and we so appreciate that last week he left a comment on the david show episode and said damn y'all are really about that podcast life your guests lately have been dope as fuck we appreciate that we work hard on securing these guests we like to uh, bring the best stories to you guys every week, and hopefully that continues. Again, May 26th, what's happening? It's only one month before Baby Driver comes out, starring Jamie Foxx, What John else is Hamm. happening on May 26th? I'm just waiting for those tickets for Baby Driver, but... May 26th. Our album is coming out. Hey. It's going to be on Spotify hey. and Worldwide, Mr. Hey. Worldwide. <laughs> it's got a bunch of features on there, including us, and uh, we're very excited for it. Hopefully Teddy you Bear are Fresh, too. May 26th. Go stream that. Get excited. Uh, pre-sale is up now. If you guys want to buy it and download it to all of your devices go crazy not for real for real uh sure sure and we will see you guys next week oh waste the time that's the show wow yeah i'm like